Hello everyone, welcome to the GM Breakout Podcast. My name is Dylan, I will be the GM for this adventure, and I am joined by my four lovely players. We've got Einar, who used to play Wooly, a dwarven cleric of Apsu. <laughs> I only got to play him for 20% of what I wanted to play him for. Mm. Four levels. I know, it's very sad. We've got Jeremy, who was playing Rick Dan, a half-orc twisting tree magus. Au revoir, Rick Dan. Very sad, but looking forward. And as Anna says, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh. Oh. Jeremy stole it this time. He wasn't expecting that. Yeah. That's one more. <laughs> one more. We've got. I'm going to get all of you by the end of this. <laughs> We've got Greg, who was before playing Terul, a hobgoblin mastermind rogue. Struck by grief, he retires from the party. And finally, we've got Kevin, who used to play Ishko and Isoki Alchemist. Yeah, sadly, yeah, he had to leave. TPK, guys, we had a TPK. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, we talked Start about the second it, book. book. Yeah, I know. TPK slash D. I'm going to put a bet on right now. It's not going to be the only TPK of book two. I reckon you guys aren't going to last long at all. Hey. <laughs> hey, I, hope, I hope you've learned from your mistakes and built new characters uh, uh, that's, to fit. That's the only kill you're getting from me, then. Okay. Ooh. So, unfortunately, uh, yes, last time we had a, a technical TPK. We had two party members die. Uh, Willie and Rip, unfortunately, did get KO'd by a, a horrible and golem Gunnar. and Gunnar, the animal companion. The other two were left alive, but I think they are retiring as adventurers because of, you know, the massacre that they saw. Trauma. Um, trauma, yeah. yeah. PTSD. Well, Ishkol is more like retiring from school because school is too dangerous com- compared to normal adventuring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, being an adventurer elsewhere in the world, you are probably more likely to survive than being at the Megandia. Yeah. And, and Tarul is retiring from the adventure side, but possibly staying on the academia side. So maybe Tarul, becoming like an NPC teacher. Or Tarul is just a little scholar boy um, hiding in the nooks and crannies <laughs> of the library. Um, I don't think he was ever that comfortable going out into the wild and stabbing things. So you might show up as in the background as an NPC at some point. But uh, yes. yeah, <laughs> thankfully his voice is easy to remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping we can do a lecture down the line with Tyrol as the Oh, lecture. that would be oh. the most confusing yeah. lecture ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we are unfortunately going to start on a on a sad note, as you know, when a when a player character dies, you got to get the the, the heavy hitting stuff out of the way first before we introduce our new <sighs> new party to the to the world. So, um. This will be not the day after, maybe two or three days after the uh, Golem incident. During that time, I believe Ishkol has packed up their things and and probably slunk away in the middle of the night back to yep. where they came Every from. Every good Ooh. thing should be finished at night. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. my god was never revealed, so that makes no sense for everyone oh, because no one knows it. We ne- we'll never Can reveal it. Now? We'll never reveal it. Never? <laughs> <laughs> what if Ishkol returns for one shot? Like mm. one of the random one shots we do it's just Ishkol turns yeah. up like this is way safer than the school I was at <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll discover him in a random blood salt city we're yeah. gonna visit in chapter hmm might be four <laughs> Ishkol's not <laughs> left the, the, the school they've just uh, wanted a head start on the blood salt stuff yeah <laughs> um, 
No, so uh, a few days after, we're going to open a, a scene at the, the circle, which is the magical pavilion at the very centre of the, the Megambia campus, uh, which actually is, is where you are all sort of gathered on the maps here, here now. Uh, it's over 100 foot wide, it's a very impressive structure, a gilded glass dome held up by eight magical pillars, each consisting of a different element. Uh, it is where your cohort began their journey, and uh, unfortunately it is where they will also end it. Oh. We see several teachers, there's students, there's staff of the Megambia, they're all standing inside the circle. Uh, Teacher Ot's there, Janashimo is there in the middle, surrounded by uh, Karaid and Zuma and Mafika and Lasidi and Ahasanu and Aizem and Tahankot and Yira and Sue from the infirmary, Zokan from the powder pile, Lamuzi Yao from the kitchen, everyone's present. Uh, as well as all, all the students from the spy dormitory, uh, like Ankarut, Chizir, Isi, Hybram. I don't think I need to list them all. We've all we've all known them all, uh, and Terul is is there as well with them, standing uh, just within the edge of of the circle itself. There's lots of sort of benches around the edge. Uh, we see uh, another crowd of students, but from elsewhere on the campus. The two Anardis are here. Uh, rainbows reflected upon Gossamer Strand and barest Fred's billow in Mastachia. We see a little goblin crook with their companion Brook the Bear, alongside a, a halfling Bingo. Uh, and at the foot of this uh, odd group, uh, standing less than half the height of everyone else, is uh, is Binji, looking cleaner than they ever have before. Yay, Binji! Uh, standing outside the circle on, on the vast lawns around the uh, the sort of pavilion are groups of students, uh, some more cohorts who have just sort of gathered to, to witness what's going on. Uh, we see the group who have become known as the Canal Runners, uh, Akane and Kalagi and Marua and Ufi and Zane. Uh, off to their side stands another cohort made up of uh, an elderly male Akuje elf, uh, an elderly female half-orc warrior wielding a staff, uh, and two male tieflings standing together. Besides this group are an uh, even odder bunch to say the least. We've got, uh, uh, you see a couple sort of planar scions, uh, human with some magical tattoos, a strange looking construct creature standing nearby. Uh, and these aren't the only cohorts, there's like many more dotted all over the lawn surrounding the uh, the area. And at the very, very back, towards the uh, the bushes around the nearby libraries and archives, you see a very small group of leaf fleshies. One of them carrying a, a wooden shield, still bearing scratches and cuts from battle. The big crowd! Uh, Teacher Ott will clear his throat and, and silence falls over everyone. We are gathered here today to say farewell to two attendants of the Megambia. Who unfortunately lost their lives during their studies here. Wolfolk Whitewood and Rickdarn Jackal will both surely be missed by their friends and teachers, who they've all affected immensely. In the year they were with us at the Megambia, they proved themselves in combat by winning our Star Day tournament. A little cheer comes up from the group of Leshies at the back. Uh, they helped out with exploring the tree stump library, investigating insects across the campus, and even saving lives. If it wasn't for the two of them, our friends Ignacy, Goss, and Freds wouldn't be standing here with us. They truly encapsulated the spirit of what it means to study at the Megambia, and they won't be forgotten. He takes a step back, and, and over the next few minutes, some others sort of make short speeches. Uh, EC muses on her chess games and, uh, and the sense of competition she had with, with Woolly. Uh, teacher Lasidi brings up how well Rick Darn did in their studies with the, the Cascade Bearers, Mafika recounts tales from the tournament and, and other spars they've had with both of the students over the, the year to impress their combat prowess. Uh, I think uh, Lamuzi says uh, she doesn't know who's going to eat all the pies now uh, 
now Willie has, has gone. Uh, uh, and after all the others have spoken, I think Terrell has the chance to say some, yeah, something so, as well. So I presume it is raining. Oh, of course. It's absolutely, of course it's raining. So Terrell is actually for Absolute once. crying. Is absolutely for once in his life. Uh, Wodeness. So that paint, Whoa. that white paint that he had marked on his skin that he applied daily, it is uh, not present in this time around. And he's also wearing the three-headed crow mask, uh, also for the first time since the masking ceremony, as he takes the centre stage of the speak the platform here. Um, and he has just in front of him a little piece of paper um, that he holds out, and having taken notes from a previous instance of a funeral. Um, he has also prepared a short little poem. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes! Yes! Probably for the last time, Tyrell's voice. There once was a great cohort. Family, friends, an all-weird sort. Tragedy divides, but memory survives. It was never for naught. Oh, very <laughs> good, excellent! Great. I can't believe I can't believe a limerick has me tearing up <laughs> oh. uh, for the last time. That was good, incredible. Well done, mate. Well done. Yeah. Oh, I think um, I think everyone who sort of gathered, they uh, they just sort of spend time, you know, reliving some memories of the past year. I think Lamuzi has, in fact, made some pies for the occasion as well. And it's just, I mean, it's its not a, like, a nice moment, but I think it's very heartfelt, for sure. Uh, just everyone sort of remembering how much change just two, two people in the community can, can make. It's not just its not just a year at the Magambia. No, it's, the, no. it's a year of our lives. Oh my god, it almost it is, is a year, actually. Right? Almost. Very almost We're a year. We're playing in real time. Yeah. We are playing in real time, yes. Uh, Seven-year-long campaign, guys. Uh. <laughs> at the speed we're going, that, it might be the case. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll speed up, but, for sure. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, both of you. Just, uh, I think Woolly is smiling down from heaven. With Hildegard. Uh, with Hildegard and Absol. And Gunnar. And oh no, Gunnar's gone, gone to hell. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All chickens go to hell. <laughs> hell chicken. <laughs> He's uh, he's very happy. He at least got someone else to write the limerick as well. Oh, is it All that the people here? The ultimate achievement, I think, yeah. is getting to rule out of everyone to write a limerick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was amazing. <laughs> but um, with all endings come new beginnings, as a wise man once said. Me, mm. I just said it. We are very wise. <laughs> we are going quite far back in time to uh, almost a year or so ago. I'd say probably like nine months or so ago. Because obviously we've been focusing on the adventures of one cohort in particular and their studies and, and escapades they've had. But uh, I mean, the Magambia and Nantambu, it's a living, breathing community. There are multiple cohorts, multiple dormitories all over. Uh, and we are actually going to turn our attention to... Um, a different dormitory and some of the inhabitants of, of there and see what they've uh, been up to the past year and uh, what they might be up to in the coming years. We're starting uh, with Jeremy. You're going first this time. 
Ooh, I, I think you are uh, out of the new characters. You would be the first to arrive at the Megambia. You uh, joined fairly shortly after the last cohort, probably like just maybe like two or three months afterwards. So you have uh, have travelled, I believe, to Nantambu specifically to study from Katapesh. That is correct. Um, Who do hello, we see everybody. making their way no. through through Nantambu? Well, uh, you see, uh, in the company of an old, wizened Akuje uh, elf, uh, you see a, a uh, what appears to be a human, but a human girl in her mid twenties with uh, long, whitish hair. Uh, she's very slight and angular, uh, and despite the fact there's no real wind in this wet day that we're seeing, her hair just seems to be constantly animated of its own accord and just sort of wisping and moving around and she's got it tied in a loose ponytail just to keep it somewhat out of her face as it moves of its own accord. Her skin's really pale uh, and it's with a slight sky blue tinge and uh, those of you who are uh, familiar with the heritages of the world will recognize this is a, uh, a sylph which is uh, perhaps somewhere along the line there was a uh, a, a jinn, uh, genie bloodline introduced into this uh, otherwise human-appearing woman. She is wearing uh, some light leather armor and has a sickle uh, on her belt. And as she walks around in Tambu, she has a one of the long, thin, teardrop-shaped uh, wooden shields, but that's uh, sort of clipped onto her. Uh, not not really walking around the town, holding onto that. Uh, her eyes are bright and shining, uh, and she looks around. You can see medicine packs uh, ready at her belt. She obviously knows her way around the uh, the natural world and the healing healing side of things. And she's taking in the city with uh, an older woman who she seems to be uh, sort of doting on. And that's the uh, initial picture of uh, Mila Steel Sky that we see. Very good. You. Uh... I think make your way through Nantambu towards the uh, the Megambia campus. Uh, uh, what uh, very very quickly? What was the reason for uh, Mia Mila coming to, to study family uh, tradition, or just wanting to control powers, or? Well, there's some interesting reasons why she's been travelling for the last decade or so with a mercenary band. Um, but uh, basically, her uh, her mentor as part of this uh, band. Joel, the uh, elven, uh, the old elven witch I mentioned, uh, has decided it's time for her to return to her people, and um, she sort of put a little short elven finger and pokes Mila in the chest. Said, yeah, "You're too good to stomp around these, uh, stomp around the world, patching up soldiers, as uh, for the next twenty years. You go and you know, go and make something of yourself. You can be the best. You can teach other people what I've told, what I've taught you." You've got to make a name for yourself. You've got to be recognized. You've got to be known. And Mila, you know, doesn't want to be parted from this woman. But nonetheless, uh, she grasps enough of the world to know that for now, at least, their paths have diverged and hers is here. Amazing. You um, make your way onto the campus. And I think similarly to how you guys all had your first interview with Teacher Opt, I think it's someone else you uh, actually have your first interview with a... Uh, uh, a sort of a middle-aged half-orc with uh, some sort of uh, crescent moon sun eyeglasses resting on their, their snout. 
Um, <laughs> we all know who this is. This is Teacher Zuma. Uh, sort of bumbles their way over and uh, do- does the introduction ceremony with you. Uh, Realises you'd be a good fit and uh, and leads you to your uh, your dormitory, uh, which is actually going to be the fire dormitory for this cohort. Uh, very fire. similar build to the spire dormitory. So similar that the map's going to look exactly the same. But, uh, the, uh... Wow! <laughs> I really thought the builders of the campus would have more imagination in that. Wow. Okay. The builders of the campus did. The builders of this adventure path and all the maps in Foundry, which is me. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I... Didn't we? Uh, didn't we release something in the fire dorm? Is that still running around? You released one of the big cockroaches, I believe. No, not cockroaches. <laughs> oh, the the um, silverfish silver into it. Yeah. Uh, what well, Tyrell did <laughs> as a prank. <laughs> I think actually that might have happened as Mila was was staying there. Mila might have been one of the uh, recipients of that prank who had to to clear the silverfish out of the dormitory. Uh, oh, wonderful, <laughs> um, wonderful! But uh, yes, yeah, so you are saying yeah, fire dormitory. It doesn't have the big spire surrounding it. Instead, it's uh, full of sort of bright, like blazing mosaics, uh, sort of an umbra, uh, sort of orange. And tiles. Uh, I guess Spire Dormitory was nice and colourful and like bright and yellowish, but this is a sort of, yeah, a deeper sort of red orangey shade. Um, very warming, very, very sort of, I guess, comfortable. Um, and I think it probably comes with magically heated floors, which is uh, oh, yeah. definitely a plus. Yes. And in fact, I think whereas uh, Spire Dorm had like two baths, I think one of them's a jacuzzi in Fire Dorm, just to be, you know, a bit more stylish. <laughs> wow, upgrade. upgrade. It's an upgrade for you, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think joining fairly soon after that, um, you would have probably been by yourself in the dorm. Not by yourself in the dorm, like, I think the canal runners who we'd met, the, the Fresh Out of Knowledge characters, the five of them are, have also moved into Fire Dormitory. At the start of the year, and uh, they, I think the, those have, they've probably become their own cohort as the five of them. So I think cohorts are four, five, maybe three sometimes. Mm. I think it's yeah, mostly five. four, but sometimes three or five. Yeah, it's three to five. Yeah. Yeah, I think the five of those probably started at the same time, so the teachers lumped them as a cohort, and they uh, have gone off on their own escapades rescuing uh, the teachers. And you know, we've we've all <laughs> we've all listened to that. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about. Fresh out of knowledge, one shot we recorded. Uh, yes, but you move in, and I think uh, I think it, it maybe takes a, another couple weeks up to a month. You are doing some community service tasks. Uh, you are probably helping some of the canal runners out with some of theirs as well. Uh, I think you have the classic... Um, you probably have the delivering the mail day, because uh, a lot of mail is sent, and I, I, I just like to imagine Nantambu doesn't actually have anyone delivering the mail other than students who are practicing <laughs> their way around. I think like oh, they've come to an agreement with the city. They're <laughs> like, yeah, if you just get all your students to deliver our mail for us. <laughs> oh, that's so why they don't through. have fixed years, right? So students arrive all the time because otherwise the oh. mail would only get done like twice a year. And that you can't have that. No. Ah. At least done. Oh. Now it as makes sense. Possible. It might just yeah. be something the rain scribes do as a side hobby as well. <laughs> yeah. It's probably just to have a tax reduction or something. They're using students <laughs> for money. <laughs> It's part of a, the, the, the higher-ups of Nantambu, the, um, I forgot what they're called, but you met a couple of them. You met uh, Sandra and the one who gave you sweets. Uh, they just, uh, they had a meeting one day and they're like, you know what, we don't really need mail deliverers. We've got all these students who are willing to learn and we can, uh, yeah. <laughs> Exploit them for great Funnily work. enough, they also cleared out all the exterminators and it's just students as well. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I think you're waiting a few a few months until uh, another student uh, starts up at the uh, in Gambia. Aina, do you uh, yeah. you you joined um, roughly sort of uh, maybe a third of the way through the year, just roughly when we were doing our mm-hmm. Star Day tournament and like we had the long night yeah. celebration. Who do we see rocking up to the campus? You see a creature mostly made out of wood, with several tree limbs sprouting out mostly from the backside. Imagine a wind pine tree with all the all the limbs, all the branches pointing in one direction, with just a few of them pointing forward. And the more to the back and to the center they are, the more hard and unmovable they seem. Uh, almost withered, the one in the center. The front of the creature seems to be shifting and rearranging slowly with several other branches, these more living and moving, as I said. And in the center is a large indentation where a black sphere about a foot in diameter rests. The wood is constantly moving over it, either to protect it or to keep it in place. And it's specked with tiny white lights, giving it the appearance of a clear night sky. And you can see that two of these branches pointing forward are sporting wrapping bandages and several sets of tools hang hang from hooks emerging from the wooden body. And at first you might think that you didn't see it, but the more you look, the more you can see that there's actually the shape, the wooden, the wood makes the shape above the sphere of a bear, a grizzly bear face. Very, 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 very cool. This is a Konrasu, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, they are from the Mwangi Expanse book. They are from the Mwangi jungle. They are odd, odd, odd creatures. <laughs> when I looked at this book and I read them, I was like, how would someone roleplay that? And I still have that question, so Aina, hopefully you're going to... Um, Clear that up for us. I I can answer that question right now. Not well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are a... Like, their being, their consciousness is an orb. A cosmic orb. Like a black shape Mm -hmm. with stars almost like rotating inside it. Just think like a fancy snow globe or like a plasma ball or something like that. And then to protect it, it is a wood... Like, just a set of wooden armour, but the the wood is like, like... uh, etched into shapes, and it looks. Uh, I think it's very. I'd say it's not etched. It's mm. living and uh, living and shifting. Uh, it's under shifting. Yeah. Just yeah. think like uh, like sort of a jungle Groot. totem. It's it, it's almost Groot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also doesn't but really have of the face and the yeah. stuff. It's just a sphere in the middle. It's it's very cool. Very very yeah. cool. Yeah. Am uh, am I also? Uh... Well, yeah, I was greeted by Suma. You are, but before we get to that, what's your? I, I just want to ask, what's your reason for coming here? Oh, mm. okay. So Ironbark, as this tree is called, is basically the seventh Konrasu out of out of the seventh uh, nursery town from his people, and all of them have gone to the Mugambia, and he's just basically the last. Or the latest in a long line of Amazing. his family to come to come to the Magan. Very good. So he's following in their footsteps. He doesn't actually. I mean, he doesn't really know that he belongs, but he's he's following tradition. 
Good, very good. Or it. It is following tradition. He listens to all the pronouns. Uh, yes, we should probably, uh, when we're introduced and do this, uh, just to keep everyone in the loop, uh, M- Mila is uh, a she, her pronouns. and 100%. And Ironbark uses any, but uh, I think yeah. mostly you go and buy the name Ironbark, which is uh, it, nice. Yes. Yeah. Or it. Or it, yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, Ironbark, you make your way, and yes, you are also also greeted by uh, by teacher Zuma, the eccentric half-orc. I don't actually have a mouth, so instead of something moving and speaking, you can just hear a voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what I was thinking of when you asked <laughs> you asked me, can I speak? And <laughs> instantly my mind went to, you know, uh, the ouds in Doctor Who, when they have a little like plasma ball that lights up when they speak. Someone's got to know the reference. Greg, come on. I know the... I, I know it. Good, good. That's what I was thinking of, because they just have a little, a little orb that speaks for them. Mm. That's what I, I pictured. But yeah, yes, yes, carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's just going to say, Hello? Uh, I've forgotten what Zuma's, Zuma's voice Are is. Are you my teacher? <laughs> I've forgotten Zuma's voice, so I'll just come up with an eccentric <laughs> voice. Uh, uh, yes, yes, of, uh, of course I am. Uh, are you here to study? Yes. Well, uh, great, I uh, have, have the dormitory uh, for, for you. Uh, I just have to conduct a, a brief introductory interview, and uh, Zuma will... Uh, yeah, keep, go through the, the usual um, usual questions. I think whereas um, Teacher Ott last time was um, trying to understand your intentions for being here and maybe get an a, a eye for your magical prowess, Zuma is... Um, I think the questions are mostly similar, but there's probably a couple that <laughs> just asking like your beliefs in certain theories that yeah. he has. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think uh, I think as Suma is leading me towards the fire dormitory, he's just gonna remark, uh, "There are a lot of lizards living on this island, isn't there?" Uh, yes, yes, I've uh, seen lots of lizards around. Weird. <laughs> Does Ironbark hate lizards? <laughs> no. It's, that's just a remark he's making. Okay. okay. Amazing. Uh, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, you uh, are the second of the new cohort to join the Fire Dorm. And I think you are also put on some of your, like, community community service. Mm-hmm. Probably clearing out some of said lizards from, uh, from classrooms. Uh, I think there's a lot less... Um, a lot less gremlins after the uh, the previous group would have dealt with oh. uh, Kirschkin and the other Pugwompies. I think the gremlin population on the campus is, is dwindling as you guys are starting sort of to, to study. Mm. Where the insects are still uh, still around because uh, at this current time the the previous cohort hadn't put a stop to to the machinations of Stone Coast. This is all happening during the last year. I think you joined just in time to watch the Star Day festival. Uh, so you probably witness uh, Rick and Woolly winning the, the tournament you're probably sitting off in the crowd somewhere um, yeah but he's uh, <laughs> he's of the mind that the leshes won because mm. they were still standing at the fight ended and I think that's probably nice to see because they they were wearing wooden armor like you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> he's on <laughs> you're just like <laughs> on their side. this is where I belong <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I think maybe Mila was uh, in the in the crowd as well, and it would be funny to imagine that maybe Rick and Willie could glance at the crowd and see their next two characters watching. <laughs> well, that's right. One of them then, thinking, I could do this at least as well. We <laughs> could have fought Ironbark. <laughs> see, I think I think it was yeah. open to um, attendance at that, and I think at that point you were just ah. initiates, right? Or, and that would make sense. Open to everyone, no, but, but uh, easy and stuff Oh yeah, that's was true. There. No, it is for initiative. Yeah, maybe maybe your new characters just didn't really fancy sparring, or maybe they joined a bit too late for sign up. I don't know. But you're just sitting in the crowd watching. Yes. Uh, unless yeah. you guys want to relive the tournament, and we can just run that now instead. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I reckon we probably could stop those tasks. Yeah, we totally could stop those. You're two now. levels higher now. You'd better be able yeah. to. <laughs> 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 I think. Uh, maybe a month or so after the long night celebration, I think uh, some of the teachers seem quite excited at the prospect. You hear the words um, foreign exchange thrown around a few times. A student has been heard to uh, have enrolled from a far off land. Um, not even oh. land. Uh, <laughs> far off. <laughs> uh, d- uh, without spoiling too much, uh, I-, I think Kevin, your new character, has travelled far and wide to come to the um, come to the, the, the Megambia and I think up the uh, the Vanji is it the Vanji River? I might be butchering that but uh, yeah up, up the Vanji I'm River the sure river that's is. just to the side the, the big main one I think we see a, a sort of a beautiful uh, sort of Russian style ship uh, pulling up and, uh, and stepping off I think we see oh yeah who do we see? you, just, you see a young man a young doll man is wearing fancy clothes. He has an, an air of superiority about him. <laughs> he tries to stand over all around him. His, one, his clothes is only one sleeve. One of his left arm is unsleeved. On his shoulder, you can see a gem embedded into it. On his forearm? That's, that's the forearm, Forearm, right? yes, yeah. That, on yep. his forearm is a large tattoo in the form of a shield and arcane script on it. Wow. And this is... We have a name? Yes, this is Saralar. A Saralar. man that comes from the old land of Tassilon. Born 10,000 years ago. Displaced ah! by magical anomaly like many of his peers in the event of the last few years. Now settled in the new nation of New Tessalon. Oh, now, I love it. <laughs> he's now learning, going to learn in the Magambia as part of an exchange program to so that each school can learn from each other. Yeah. I mean, New, new Fassilon's like a a very new civilization in, yeah, uh, in terms of... Yeah, been there for a few years, max. A few years. So they, uh, and they've missed out on, like, thousands of years of, of progress of the world as well. So 10,000 years of progress 10, since years, Earthfall. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just imagine, a, for those wow. who don't know Fassilon lore, they were a very, very ancient civilization ruled over very advanced to rune lords. Their magic sort of relies on the... or, or is related to, like, the seven sins, almost. Well, the, at first it was the seven virtue, but it has been corrupted to the seven sin. And they used to be a fairly evil race. In fact, there were a lot of adventure paths in first edition about them. The leader, well, mostly evil. Yeah. <laughs> Not the population. No. Uh, and then uh, Earthfall, they basically got displaced out of time, and now they're all back so, in a new 
new civilization called New Thassalon, which is in Gorissia. And it's only been around for a few years, so yeah, I think uh, uh, some of their students would have come over here. Uh, some of the students from the Bagambia might have gone over there, and they'd had a bit of, bit of a swap to learn each other's cultures, new magical sort of themes, abilities, and uh, and you are one of the uh, students who has been transferred here. Yes. What kind of a crazy outlook must a person in that position have? I mean, it's got to mess <laughs> with your head. You're to, actually, you, you're probably yeah. unhinged, unless you've it's got an incredibly strong will. <laughs> it, it's hard to believe how much magic has regressed in 10,000 years. <laughs> well, I actually think um, the thing is, like, like during Earthfall, magic was lost as well. Like, yes. people um, lost the ability to use magic, and it was old Major Tembe who actually brought it back to the world by starting the so, Magambia. Yeah, but I was just about know. to ask because. Uh, Magambia was founded after Earthfall. Yep, right? that's what brought and magic what back. And what is Earthfall, people? Uh, <laughs> Earthfall was oh. the uh, the apocalypse that happened beforehand. Uh, the uh, the meteors the hitting the dinosaurs, basically. Uh, oh, okay. I can was, give a uh, quick explanation that's more precise than that. Basically, in the old time, there was the nation of Aslant, which lives on the uh, continent that is basically Atlantis. And there was the fish people, the Algotu. I forgot the pronunciation. Pronunciation of it? Yeah, Kufulu or something, yeah. Well, just fish people. And those two nations were at war with each other. Tassilon was a splinter group from Asland. And the Algotlu did not like the Asland, so they, so they just decided to, we're gonna take a big meteor in the sky and throw it at the planet. So we will mm -hmm. kill everyone on the surface. We're gonna be safe. We're fish people. <laughs> they were mistaken. The meteor they called was way too big and we will have destroyed the planet. So two of Tesselon, uh, not Tesselon, Aslan's god, uh, the goddess of the moon, used her physical body to stop, to try to stop the meteor which shattered the meteor into smaller pieces but killed the god in the act. And one of the magic god of Aslan sacrificed itself to reduce the speed of the meteor, which saved the planet Pretty at the cost of a thousand years of darkness. Ooh. The Most of the surface population died, most of the fish population died, most of the... It was an apocalypse, <laughs> almost world ending. And Sounds that was 10,000 years ago. And because of that, uh, people just forgot how to use magic. There's the, the few races that survived and rebuilt, they were basically lost their, yeah. their knowledge of, of anything that happened before Earthfall. But yeah, old Major Tembe, who founded the, the campus you're in now, was the one who sort of brought magic back to, to the world after Earthfall. Um, unfortunately, he has been missing for a, a, a fairly long time recently. I mean, that was thousands of years ago. Would he still be alive? No one knows. No one knows. He That's is, the thing uh, with wizard; they can yeah. live a long time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess, but still. I mean, it was human, right? Saralos alive and was alive before her fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm ten thousand year old. Basis for ten thousand years. It must be like, uh, like, like uh, Captain America being in the ice and waking up in like mm. New York in like the twenty tens or whenever it was, like just being like having. Yeah. Like, because I imagine, like, not much time had passed. Like, you probably didn't feel the passing of time. You were just there one moment, and then the entire world had just changed. It's yeah, got to be crazy. Basically, I was mm. in my home one time, and the next time I was in some ruin in yeah. what was not even a country yet. Insane. Absolutely insane. Um, 
yeah, so you come off your boat and uh, and have the introductory meeting with Zuma. Uh, I mean, actually, he probably doesn't need to do the interview because uh, you you're on an exchange program. Like you're coming here from a probably from a new facet on Magic Academy as well. Yeah. Um, so you're you're gonna be guaranteed entrance no matter what. <laughs> so he probably sets you up <laughs> in the uh, in the dormitory as well. And I think maybe you uh, arrived fairly fairly more recently, maybe during the uh, time where our, our previous party were investigating the insect uh, populations, going around fighting the giant centipedes and uh, collecting the water striders and the bark beetles, maybe during that sort of time of the year. And I think if any of those, um, our, our past party, or even the new party, if any of them on one particular day were looking up in the sky, um, just, you know, just sightseeing, there might have been the, the faintest chance of them spotting a particular solar flare one day. <laughs> mm. if, if that's the sort of thing you could spot without a telescope, who knows? You probably, you can't. probably wouldn't be able to. Maybe if it's bright <laughs> enough and sort of a magically powered solar flare. Who knows? It's fantasy. <laughs> and I think, Everything's um, bigger in fantasy. <laughs> I think fairly soon after uh, that event that no one witnessed because they couldn't, as I've been told. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, someone finds themselves at, at the Megambia, who probably wasn't expecting to find themselves here. No, um, they certainly were not. Where where do they appear, Dylan? <laughs> you should have seen the panic in the whole time. <laughs> I really want to put you in one of the canals. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> okay, so no, um, I think maybe you're drawn to um, the, the circle, the pavilion in the middle. It's made up of the magical pillars. Maybe you're you're sort of honed in on the the fire pillar there. So maybe you just sort of sputter uh, in, uh, onto the lawn um, near near the sort of the magical essence of fire. Just like tumbles out of like <laughs> this whirling fiery vortex of magical power. Um, into a metal bedraggled heap on the floor is a red-skinned woman with uh, skin that's cracking so here and there with like a hot interior that could be seen this heavy fiery hair that's sort of tied back into a very strict procedure sort of uh, thing Uh, a little ringlet of semi-nascent horns that are sort of just poking out from underneath the scalp the skin um, around the head almost like a crown and she is wearing a full set of half-plate armor with blackened steel, brass trimmings, and copper chainmail. In her hand is are two swords. One is smoking, and she is looking around, and there is panic in her eyes. You're not in wow. Kansas anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that sure as hell is not Dorothy. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she, she, yeah, so she would get to her feet into a very martial position and just be like, trying to identify where she is because she does not think she has arrived where she should have done <laughs> I would ask why you've uh, come to the Begambia but it sounds like you have absolutely no idea <laughs> um, it's up to you if you want to give away where you have come from or if that's something I, that feel, I, I, feel, I feel we can I think we can seed hints uh, as, okay. as time goes on Okay. But yeah. So where she is from is not here. She's not already here. feeling cold. <laughs> Better get you to the fire dorm. Uh, 
I don't actually think that would be warm enough. Um, I think maybe uh, your sudden appearance causes a little bit of alarm on the campus. So um, very quickly you are sort of spotted and uh, and some teachers are brought to uh, to, to be of a, uh, your attention and uh, we'll, we'll sort of hurry over and uh, I guess I guess the, the magical pavilion in the centre of uh, the campus, if that ever flares up, that's probably something to, to worry about. So I think they'll quickly come over and, uh, and zoom us like, oh! Oh, 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 God, uh, uh, hey, who, uh, hmm, uh, <laughs> it's just, doesn't really know what to say. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> is, what language is she speaking, Dylan? Probably common. Well, common here is Mwangi. Okay, um, so, yeah. in response, um, Asla, the, 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 the woman who's, who's appeared from uh, nowhere, will respond in Ignan. Oh, <laughs> Then she switches to Aklo after there's sort of maybe no response, and then she sort of shrugs. Can we uh, can we have a sample of Ignan, Greg? Um, ooh, what would it even sound like? Christy Hasi Bataku. Oh wow, that's very good. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, I think uh, Zuma sort of motions like 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 one moment uh, and and runs off to get Lasidi, <laughs> who's the uh, the planar expert of uh, of of the Gambia. And I think Lasidi knows um, enough, maybe not thorough, but basic sort of ignorant and can uh, somewhat answer some questions that you might have. Uh, tell you that you are on uh, on on. The Megambia campus, magic school in the Mwangi expanse. Uh, the city is Nantambu. You still look confused, so she says, The planet is Galarian. <laughs> you still look confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the plane is. The plane is, the, the, you know, the material plane. She will say a question like. She'll give you a question and look back and. Sort of ask roughly how far you've come. I, I am from Natiris, the sevenfold city, nestled in the Coron Sea. <laughs> she has no idea. Wait, actually, you're, I'm going to roll up. You're amazing. I'm going to roll a, a check for her to see Coron Sea. I don't know if that's going to be anything she. Uh... <laughs> she got a two. She doesn't know. Uh, she yeah, has no idea. Should, it's a it's a local term for uh, okay for the, for, for the yeah, surrounding yeah. fire. Okay, amazing. Mm. Um, hmm. <laughs> I I think she'll. Uh, I think eventually you'll have enough of a conversation to 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 that she can work out that you arrived here by accident, some sort of teleport incident gone wrong possibly, and uh, yeah. uh, and eventually you'll she'll say uh, well. Uh, I don't think we'll uh, be able to, to get you home anytime soon, but uh, I, I mean, I'm the extra planar scholar of, of, uh, of the Megambia. Uh, I can make it part of my studies to see if I can uh, figure out where you, you came from and a way to send you back, but it might take a while. How do you feel about enrolling? <laughs> <laughs> well, she must be on I'm, a bonus scheme. I'm... She's on a she's on an exchange I'm, scheme. Just the exchange is one way and accidental. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already enrolled in the forces of the of the of the Materis, uh, the, the, uh, city. Uh, and mm. and with that, it's going to take a couple of months before she goes. Oh crap! They can't get me home, and then we'll enroll. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, you've you've been on the campus for a while, but I think uh, most of that time was probably studying, like learning 
languages that are spoken here. Like maybe you do learn a bit of common. Um, There's a few culture shocks. Uh, yeah, one thing. Getting uh, your head around where this... you are, and uh, and you might be here a yeah. little while. Um, yeah, there's a day-night cycle. That's weird. That is very weird. Yeah, it's not a day, not 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 nights where you come from. No. Hmm. Very odd. Yeah. This party, man. <laughs> yeah. This party. <laughs> I, man, when we started with the first party, I was sitting there thinking, oh yeah, this is a bunch of weirdos. We've got uh, we've got ah. a bit of a mixed group here, <laughs> and now I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is whoa. a this is a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think eventually once uh, Asla has sort of acclimated to where they are a little better and, and can, knows like the basics of where they are in the world, I think eventually you would also take a room in the fire dorm. They put you there to keep you uh, to sort of uh, stop you getting homesick. <laughs> it's it's a little bit more reminiscent. Mm. Um, not enough steel. No, definitely mm. not. Well, you do have a, uh, a steel sky. Um, ah. <laughs> Strangely enough, not the same. <laughs> um, and I think as you guys are sort of like, I, I imagine you would have chatted to each other, but so far your learning has kind of been um, maybe distinct, maybe like your, your prerequisite task you would have, maybe because you haven't been made an official cohort, you maybe go around like you would chat to each other at home but you're more like just housemates rather than actually a group but I think the day it comes when uh, your last party have their masking ceremony and the insects burst through the walls and the tunnels are excavated underground I think the teachers have a like a conceited effort of students going and charting it I think during that time I think uh, Zuma would come to your group and uh, and say oh yes uh we we need a uh, uh, we, we need a, a group to help chart out uh, uh, some of the tunnels beneath the uh, beneath the lunch hall. In fact, uh, uh, and, and we've noticed that the the four of you you've uh, well, you live together, but you're not uh, actually a cohort yet. Uh, I, I think maybe we should uh, get you uh, grouped up and uh, and get you charting some uh, some of the tunnels underground. Well, oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Amazing, and uh, and now we're going to go back through the exact same dungeon for twelve episodes. So um, I hope you guys are ready for that. Uh, no, no, it's you. Uh, we yeah. mapped it out by hand last time. You've got notes. You do have notes. Well, your characters don't. You can't meta game, Greg. Come on. <laughs> no, uh, you guys. We will we'll skip over it. But you would spend uh, a day or two, just like your previous party going underground because these tunnels were spread all under the, the campus your party last time got the spot they needed to take on the bad guy and I think every other cohort who was assigned the task will just be underground probably clearing out bugs and insects and maybe the occasional ooze that has found its way down there um, I don't think you would have had any of the the big threats uh, I don't think you would have had to perform tracheotomies or, or take on ghosts or spirits or anything but I think you do mm -hmm spend a few days just, just working together and actually becoming like a, a proper cohort um, and cool. because of that you're helping clearing out the uh, uh, the, the underground caverns I think uh, just before we come back to we flash back to the, to the present I think you would have also all had your, your masking ceremonies and uh, been given your masks uh, and I'm very interested to see the Conrasu 
I guess you're given a bit of magical mask and it maybe just forms up to be part of the, the well, wood around you. Unless you want to wear actually, it. Actually, no, uh, I mean, he uh, he knows about the, uh, this masking ceremony, so he's already prepared the bear. Oh, okay. The bear part. I was wondering if and you were going to make... He'll make he'll make a new one at the ceremony, but... Uh, You're going to make a bear he's, mask. He's made several. Put it on top of the other bear mask. Yes. Yeah. Gonna double bear. The, be the one he's wearing right now is not wearing, that's just part of his body. Mm -hmm. But then the new one fits perfectly on it. Wow. It's like when you see someone wearing two hats. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anyone else have an idea of what their masks would, would look like? This is not at all. Of. I forgot to think about that. Like, that's fine. We, we, we can uh, come up <clears> with it. You, you can have time to think on it. We don't need need it right now but um just to catch us up to, to the present day i think um after your masking ceremony you guys uh and you guys have have been studying with the exception of asla who asla, um, asla has not done any studying whatsoever she has, doesn't even have the mask at the masking ceremony because why would you give a mask to someone who's not even turned up to a single class um, <laughs> um which, mean, which is fair that one Terrible. Oh well, <laughs> Tarul passed all his exams. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the masks are uh, like optional as well. Like you don't have to. No one's going to force you to, to have a mask. I mean, you might like yeah. you might burn a mask if you wore it anyway. Yeah, she. Yeah, <laughs> stop. Um, but yeah, so you have your masking ceremony, uh, which makes you attendants because you have actually all been here a little while and, and helped out the. Uh... Actually, I think after the the whole. You know, insect attack and everyone excavating. I think they kind of had like a mass masking ceremony. Like all of the people who helped will probably be nudged forward to be attendants of the of the academy. Field promotions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it cool. happens. It can happen if you all like. Like, I'm guessing like an attack on that size and like the uh, the sort of uh, like teamwork needed for everyone to undertake the task of mapping out tunnels that that wide and vast under the the city uh, would. Yeah, you know what? I think constitute a promotion. I think we're going to end uh, with a scene of uh, very, very recent in the past. I like to think... Uh, now, Iron Bark has a bit of an odd hobby mm -hmm. uh, that you have uh, that come into as part of your, your year here. You've, you've learned that you quite enjoy Zumba. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Bark <laughs> it's, uh, a wonderful it's image. It's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> You're made out you of wood. This, it can change this shape. tree dancing rhythmically. Yeah. To, I, uh, oh my lord. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, you made friends with Marua in the uh, mm -hmm. in the the fire dorm. I think you and a few others are jamming it out one night in the the lawns in the middle of campus with uh, a, a local mm -hmm. drummer, uh, Smooth Dejambo. Oh. And um, I think while you're there, smooth? you spot <laughs> yeah, smooth jambo, uh, a local drummer. And I think while you're there, just sort of boogieing, having a little, little bit of a festivity uh, on on the campus, you spot just out the corner of your eye uh, a serpent running through the crowd. Not not like a lizard, like the little kind, a humanoid serpent. Mm -hmm. I think you just kind of just watch. Uh, and you watch as they clamber up onto the roof a distance away, and uh, I think he's chasing them. You see a, a fairly worn out, I say chasing them, quite far behind them, you see a fairly worn out uh, group, uh, tired, 
you know, aching, uh, some cuts and scars, and uh, uh, yes, uh, and I think uh, you just watch as they, yes. they sort of run through the group and uh, clamber up onto the roof. Yes, after. as he uh, as he sees that, he's uh, just gonna. I keep saying he. I mean, any pronoun goes for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, as soon as uh, he sees that, he's just gonna be. I knew it. I think you and Marua lock eyes and just nod. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I think, I mean, I don't think you see anything, anything too weird of it. You keep partying and then like, maybe like half an hour later, I think some of the... Half an hour? Was it? No, it would be... Lo- lo- well, you, you, I think you rested up before was... you went back into the building. I'm trying to remember what oh, happened. Oh, okay. You I chased it down the back. The, let the guy get the away. The snake ran by, and then half an hour... Oh, no! Was... No, no, no. <laughs> half an hour after they'd seen what? the whole group run through the party. Yeah, okay, okay. I think yeah. you just watch as um, a very, like, bedraggled hobgod- hobgoblin comes and... Uh, Bloodied. What's that? Battered. Yeah. Bloodied, battered. Spots uh, a, a group who are dancing nearby. I think maybe EC, Ignacy, that sort of lot. And uh, and some of the teachers are there as well. Maybe not partying as hard, but... Uh, and, uh, and and you watch as they all sort of rush off to, towards the uh, this other side of the campus. And uh, I don't think you know what it's about until a few days later when you are standing around the, the circle, the pavilion, and we've come full circle back to the present day watching uh, the same hobgoblin give uh, a limerick on the stage. Oh. Asla will lean over to whoever's close and go, it's not a very fun funeral, is it? <laughs> Who would have a funeral? Oh. Who would have a limerick at a funeral? <laughs> <laughs> There's not much laughter. Is our funerals often funny? Well, y- for you? you? You celebrate. But they died. Yeah, but they lived. And in that, that's a miracle. I don't know. I wouldn't celebrate weakling. <laughs> weakling? <laughs> I'm not. Woolly's not. <laughs> Woolly's <laughs> Woolly heard that from the... Mini player, yeah. <laughs> Just like a small, like, absolute statue falls from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere a dragon has just said, "I'm going to kill this rune lord." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like, I like it. I like calling them. I like, yeah. Right? Well, I am prideful. You are very prideful. Yeah, yeah that is like my it. school of study. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And as you guys are standing as a brand new cohort, watching the previous cohort say farewell to the campus, I think with that today's assignment is done, and we will see what our brand new party get up to. Oh. Next time, yeah. I'm sad, but I'm happy too. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun party. It's gonna be a blast. Oh, Let's go. <sighs> we had to we had to have an episode rounding out the old and bringing in the new. We had to. You're right. Thanks You're for listening, right. guys. Uh, this was uh, a very somber episode, but we've met some new friends, and we'll uh, see what shenanigans they get up to next time. Adios. Adios. Bye.